If you have your Bibles with you, turn to the book of Isaiah. Uh, we're going to be in chapter number 6 this evening, uh, or this morning if you would. Uh, uh, it, it's a passage of scripture that I've, I've preached from before, but as I was reading this the other day, uh, matter of fact, Tuesday if you would, and I, and I got to study in this, uh, uh, God showed me something else. Uh, so we're going to be in the 6th in the, uh, chapter in, in, in the book of uh, Isaiah. Now we're going to begin reading at the 5th verse and we're going to read the, the rest of the chapter. So if you would, uh, I'll tell you what, don't stand. We'll just, we'll just start preaching this morning. Isaiah had just seen the face of the Lord. Now, now church, I want you to try to understand the, the ratification of this right here. He has seen God. And not only has he seen God, he has seen what was around him. Talks about the, the seraphims and, and the angels, how they was around the throne of grace. And, and, and as he looked upon that, he knew that he was looking upon the face of glory. Now, we as mortal man, we've not had that privilege. And we're not most likely going to have that privilege, privilege until he calls us home. Now, I know God has spoke to us. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that God has spoke to me several times. But I don't reckon I've ever seen him. But I've seen what he's done. And that's pretty good. Uh, uh, but I've not actually seen him, Sister Sue. Sort of like the wind. We know the wind's there. We can't see it. But, but we know it's blowing. Isaiah, you got to understand. Let me, let me put you where he was at. Isaiah was a sinner. At this time in his life, he was a sinner. And no different than you and I was before we found grace in the eyes of the Lord. We was all sinners. And, and, and Isaiah knew that. And he knew looking at God and looking around the throne of grace, he, he couldn't humble himself enough to look upon the face of God. Just like any of us if we was put in that very position. But there's going to be a conversion here today. After he looked upon the eyes of the Lord, and it starts in the fifth verse. And it says this. Then said I, woe is me. In other words, he prophesied the woe on himself. So that's something that in biblical days when you woed something, uh, uh, it wasn't good. So he knew that, that, that where he was at in his life, he wasn't worthy to look upon the face of God. And he says, then said I, woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. He even lived in a place with sinners. He was amongst sinners where he lived, and what come out of their mouth was sinful. And just like, I'd say no different than most of us in our sinful days, we live the same life. There may be things come out of our mouths today that sometimes we can't help and God forgives us for that but Isaiah knew that he wasn't worthy to look upon the face of God and even be in his presence have you ever got that way have you ever got that way in your life that you didn't feel worthy enough to be in the presence of God Sue sung up here this morning I'm standing in the presence of holy ground listen this may not look like holy ground but when you come through the doors back there of this sanctuary God has blessed this holy ground this is God's place I know it's just made of wood and of carpet and whatever else things may be part of this but God has sanctified this place he has put his blessing upon his place it's 
the place where he wants his people to gather and assemble in heavenly places and come closer as brothers and sisters in Christ because he loves us so much. That's what he wants for his people. So it's good that we go to church. That's what he desires of us. And I know we can't see that, but he, his desire is for us to, to come together in heavenly places. Ray, you and I talked about that this morning. But Isaiah didn't feel worthy because he knew the life that he was living. And he knew what was going on. Now you would think that just to read the book of Isaiah and, and hear that name, he was one of the great prophets that lived in biblical time, but he hadn't got to that place yet. He was no different than you and I. He was a sinner saved by the marvelous grace of God. That's what we are. That's what Mamma is and Gene is and, and Caleb and everyone else that's here. We're saved by the marvelous grace of God because he went to the cross to die for our sins. And we have that right as God's people to be able to call upon that when we have that need in our lives because we know that, that Christ died for us. We know that. Woe is me. I am a man of unclean lips. And I live, and I dwell in a place with unclean lips. Church, do we live in areas today? The, we know what our country's like. We know in the areas we live. We live in the areas that we live because it's not as sinful as other places. Let me just put it in that category. Amen. Uh, and, I, and, and, and there's areas that we wouldn't live in because what goes on there. And we'll just, we'll just admit it. A lot of sin goes there. I tell you what, let's, let's use Sodom and Gomorrah as an example. We wouldn't live there because of what was going on in simple places. We'd want to go to Judah or Jerusalem or, or somewhere where uh, uh, less sin was going on. Well, I, I say it lived in them places. And we live where we live because we don't want to live in them places. But let me tell you something. Just like uh, God uh, took care of the land uh, in biblical days with famine and with locusts and stuff, uh, He can do that to our community today. Well, how many acres? You said you heard burn 475,000 acres. Was that, was that the right number? Was I listening this morning in Sunday school? Uh, let me get an amen for listening. Uh, 475 acres has burnt in the United States as of this morning. Cities has burnt down. People have lost their lives. Have you read your Bible lately? I'm not going to destroy this world anymore by water. I'll destroy it by fire. As I told you once, I was in Canada and I seen a mast area that had burnt. And, I, and I've never seen anything like it because it's flat as this floor right here. And I could see, as, as far as my eye could see, it was burnt. Everywhere I looked, Carolyn was burnt. And that was only, that's only a drop in the bucket to what Ray was talking about this morning. I can't imagine... What's going, what's going to happen in them places that's, that's being burned up and it's desolate today? Isaiah was a sinful man. But he looked upon the eyes of the Lord. He had come to the place in his life, it was time. Yeah. <laughs> I got there once, Clarence. I got to the place in my life I knew it was time. I had two roads to go. I could take the high road or I could take the low road. Same way with Isaiah right here. He could take the high road or he could stay in the place where he's always at, in the low road. But he knew it was time. And said, uh, 
for mine eyes have seen the king. The king. He don't get no higher than the king. And the Lord of hosts. He says, Then one of the serpents flew to me, and having a coal in his hand, which he took for, had taken with the tongues off the altar. Right around God. One of the one of the coals that was on fire now, mind you, that was burning around the altar. One of the serpents took it with the tongues. Well, we know what tongues are, don't we? We've all, we've all used tongues before. With them, with them probe-like things, you reach and grab coals up with it and, and convert them from one place to the other. One of the angels took one of them and it said, it laid it upon my mouth. Laid it upon his mouth. He said, Lo, this has touched thy lips. And thy iniquity, in other words, my wickedness. Now, are you hearing me? Isaiah was wicked. He just wasn't sinful. And he just wasn't a sinner. Clarence, he was wicked. The Bible says, said it took his iniquity away, which if you, if you look that up, that is wickedness. Because that live cold that the angel, when he put it on his lips, took away his sin. And he said his sin was taken away and his sin was purged. In other words, cleansed. It was taken away right then and there. When Christ saves us as a child, when we confess Him with our mouth and, and we believe that He went to the cross and died for our sins, when we know deep down in our heart that He did that, I mean really believe it, and we know it without a shadow of a doubt, that's what He does for us. He, he, cleanses our, he takes away our iniquities and He cleanses our sins. Takes them away. Yes, church, we're going to sin again. That's our nature, Brother Ray. We are sinful people. But God knows that. And that's why he paid that price for all of us and all of his children that we could come in heavenly places and stand on holy ground. That's why he did it for. For us. That's what's going on with Isaiah here this morning. But he didn't feel worthy. And he said... And I heard with a voice the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Lord was saying, Who shall I send? Now, Dad Burn, I've heard that same voice. Whom shall I send? And he said, And who will go for us? And then Isaiah popped up and said this. Then said I, here am I, send me. Send me. A man had just got converted. Now, let's look at the Saul of Tarsus, if we would. Now, these two right here could be biblical brothers, Isaiah and Saul, because each one of them is getting ready and has done the same deed for for God, as each other has done. He went to bat for him. Why thou prickest thee, Saul of Tarsus said. And we all know who Saul of Tarsus turned out to be. The Apostle Paul. One that suffered many things before his life would end. 
That's what Jesus told Ananias, that he would suffer many things in his name, if, I, if I've got that right. And, and, and Paul did suffer many things. I don't know of any uh, disciple slash apostle that suffered as much as the apostle Paul did in his biblical missionary journeys here on this earth. On this earth. Not in the air or not in a foreign place that we've never heard of before that's, that's made up in fictional books. On this earth, he suffered. He suffered because he loved Jesus. And he knew what Jesus done for him. So Isaiah said, send me. But God's fixing to educate him a little bit. He's fixing to tell him what people's like. He says, and he said, go and tell his people, but, but hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat, in other words, dull, and make your ears heavy and shut their eyes. At least they see with their eyes and, and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. Be converted and be healed. That's what happens to us. We admit our sins and God heals us and he saves us. Now listen, that little four-letter word that we hear about all the time ain't hate, ain't love, or ain't one of these nasty words you see plastered everywhere, everywhere you look. It's saved. Lord, save me. He saved you. What a precious little four-letter word. Then said I, Lord, how long? In other words, how long would these people, how long would it take them to convert these people? I stand today as Isaiah Lord, how long will it take to convert these people? How long will the sinless go before they confess with their mouth Christ Jesus? How long? Because, see, we've got to understand this, and we know this as Christians. We either go to heaven or we go to hell. That's our eternity. And we know that, and, and there's nothing for any of us to be afraid of because we all love the Lord. We've been saved, and we know what it's like. So all the thing we're doing here today is sort of honing our skills, if you would. We're keeping our tools sharp because one day we're going to be called upon. And, and if our tools are dull and, and not worthy to be used, we ain't worthy for God to use us. And that's just the way it is. He expects us to stay sharp in God's Word because one day uh, we're going to have to minister to somebody. Somebody's going to ask us about Jesus uh, and you better know that answer because if you're a Christian and you love the Lord uh, and you believe God went to, went to bat for us, you better know the Jesus question when it's asked to you. That's all He wants us to do. Well, what is that answer, Pastor? Well, let me just give it to you one more time. Jesus saves that ain't hard. Even me as, as, as a teenager could remember that. Jesus saves. That's right, amen. That'd make a good verse in the Bible, wouldn't it? Yeah. That's all you need to know. And if they want to go a little bit deeper, go this far. God loves you. That's right. amen. Five words. Jesus saves and God loves you is all you need to know to ministers of somebody that don't know Jesus. If they've seen you and they know that you live your life for the Lord, you don't need to say anything else. You don't need to say anything else. There's going to be a funeral I'm going to preach one of these days if, if God takes this person before he does me. 
And I thought about this, and I intend it's going to just kill me to do this man's funeral. But I'm going to stand, I'm going to say, you knew this man by the fruit he bared. And the stories he told. And if he would have me tell you anything today, he would have me tell you this. Ask the Lord to save you. Get your heart right with God. That's what he would tell me this morning. And if that's the message he could leave behind, that would be it. And he would say that because of the fruit that this man burned. And he's still burned today. Got to talk to him uh, a long time the other day. Uh, uh, he was sitting up at, what was he at, up at Hamry's Cathy? And, 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 and the women folk was inside shopping. And they were sitting outside on the bench doing what old people do. <laughs> Praise God he got them bitches out there. Only thing he didn't have was a knife and a piece of cedar. If he'd had that, he'd been fit to go. Well, Russell called me, and we talked for the longest of time, and I thought, I'm glad, I'm glad you're feeling better because he is doing better. Praise the Lord. I give God praise for that. But, you know, Russell knows his time here on this earth is drawing near. He knows that. And I knew him because of the fruit he bared. Ain't that what you want people to remember of you? There's a fruit that you bear here on this earth. We're not going to leave that. Whatever we leave behind in our, with whatever monetary things that we have or, or possessions or, or whatever, it, it ain't going to mean nothing. My mother will remember you who you are. When you leave this world, they're going to remember you as one of the greatest teachers that ever taught over Gibbs High School and how she loved the children and how she loved to, to play the piano, and how she loved her ribbis old preacher that used to preach up at New Liberty Baptist Church. Uh, how she thought how God could turn hearts around. And how he does. Isaiah knew that the task that he had was hard. But by, by trying to convince these people, listen, the day is upon us. Convert and believe in God. And he said, then said I, how long? And he said, until the cities be wasted without inhabitant. In other words, till everybody is gone, Brother Ronnie. When they're wiped from the face of the earth and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. Joel said the same thing this morning. When the locust was eating the land of Judah, there was nothing there. Nothing. Barely anything to burn. But fire consumed all of it after the locusts got done until the land be utterly desolate. That's how long we preach the gospel, just in case you're wondering. That's how long we stand up here and preach to God's people, whether you're saved or not. He wants us to preach to you. Because if you're not in the house unsaved, maybe we'll come upon somebody that is unsaved and we can take this message outside these four walls and tell it to those who are not saved. That's what he's hoping from these people. I'd love to see a house full of unsaved people in here, Sister Carolyn, but it's not so. It's not here. Not yet. So our duty is to go out of these four walls and, and find them. If you'll look, they'll come to you. They're on your buses every day. They're at your workplaces every day. They are. We see them in our stores. I'm telling you, if you want to find a lost person, go to the store. 
I'll probably be one of them in there that's lost. Metaphorically speaking, he expects us to go outside these four walls and find those who are lost. As God's people, that's all he asks from us. Isn't it, Ray? That's all he asks from us. Because we have got to be the Apostle Pauls of this world. We have got to go out and spread the gospel. Spread the good news. And he says, And the Lord has removed men far away, and, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. But yet in it shall be a tenth. In other words, there's going to be a tenth return to Judah. Now they're speaking about the Babylonian days, those that were held in exile from King Nebuchadnezzar. And I don't want to get too uh, uh, technical with you, but this is the tenth that's coming back from Babylon that was taken in captivity, that would come back to this land that Isaiah could preach to. Isaiah, accept a calling that day. Whom shall I send? Church, I want, you need to ask yourself here this morning, who shall I send? Will you step up and say, me? Send me. Somebody's going to have to. And he says, but yet in it shall be a tenth, and it shall return, and, and shall be eaten, and the till tree and a, as an oak, whose substance is in them, when they cast their leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. The holy seed shall be a substance thereof. God's word shall fall upon that tenth, and they will hear the word. We got to understand in, 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 in biblical days, God punishes people so many times. And it was for reason. They, they were disobedient and, and, and they were unthankful, I guess would be a good word to use, uh, of what God had done for them. They had turned from God and went in, in, in ways that it's going on today. Look around us. It's going on today. We are an evil country. We're an evil nation. We're living in evil times. And we're spreading evil. If you don't believe me, turn on your TV. <laughs> and it don't matter what channel it falls on, just look. I've got something like 316,942 channels in my house, and every one it falls on, it's, it's nasty. Even the commercials is nasty. <laughs> Dynamite! <laughs> when the commercials gets nasty, that's when it's really bad, Mamaw. We live in an evil time. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, Maggie, I'm going to let it shine. Because if we don't, the world can't see it. And if the world cannot see your light, they classify you as evil, don't they? They do. Isaiah knew that he had seen the face of God. And, 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 he, and, he, and he places that time at the time when King Uzziah died. It's 
That's what the Bible tells us. I think you'll read that in the first verse, if I'm not mistaken. It says, In that year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting high upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train, in other words, his robe, filled the temple. And he said, Above it stood the stirrup, and each one had six wings. It would, with twain had covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another, saying, Holy, holy, holy. Standing in the presence of holy ground is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the pulse of the doors moved at the voice of him, Brother Ronnie, and cried, and the house was filled with smoke. And Isaiah felt unworthy in 2004 when my dad passed away I felt unworthy and I was I'll just be honest with you I'm not going to stand up here and lie this is not a place to be lying I was unworthy I wasn't serving God and I was not living a godly life <clears throat> I knew I had something to do woe is me I am a man of unclean lips. And I am a man that dwells in unclean places. I was, my mom. I'm not above saying it. I am, I was. <laughs> Thank God he changed my life. He changed my life. Was I saved at that time? Probably. I claimed to be saved as a nine-year-old kid, and I and, and I and I confessed God to him, and I knew I didn't want to go to hell at nine-year-old, but I wasn't really saved. I wasn't going to play that card just to get to heaven. That'd been wrong of me. People was doing that today, you know. People that were saved when they was nine-year-old, or eight-year-old, or seven-year-old, or twelve-year-old, or or all these children's getting saved in in Bible schools or whatever, they're taking that card to heaven with them. And Arlene, I don't know if it's any good or not. I don't know. Praise God, my card's good now. My card is good now. Ma'am, if you will come to the piano, if you can make your way up here. I, love you. I, know, it's, I know it's a chore, and I, I thank you for doing it. Yeah, I'll move the piano down there if you want me to. Uh, don't have a bit of problem doing that. Isaiah says, and then he taken one of the tones off the altar and he laid it upon my lips. And it cleansed his iniquity. Wow. And his sins was purged. Praise God. That's all we got to do here this morning. We don't have to... Uh, wait for an angel brother we're ready to go to the altar and pull one of the coals off and come place it on her if we're sinner a little bit different today all we got to do is believe can you imagine how much that burnt I bet his pucker was feeling pretty bad brother Ronnie I say it didn't feel nothing.
Didn't feel a thing. He took away his wickedness, it said. Wickedness. And purged, and his sins was purged. If you call upon the name of Jesus and believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, your sins can be purged. All you got to do is just ask God to forgive them. Let's stand if we would. You know, I'm glad I serve a good God, heavenly God, precious God, holy God. I'm glad we serve Him. Because if we didn't, there'd be no holy ground. Not for us to stand on anyway. Gene, we're there, brother. Tickets punched. All we're waiting is for that conductor to say, All aboard! And we're going to go to heaven. You better make sure your ticket is updated. Every three years, I've got to update my registration on my pontoon boat. It seems like it comes every three weeks. But I know if I don't do that, I, I, I can't go out on the lake no more, Ronnie. Legally. If we've not confessed with our mouth, Jesus, and we have not asked Him to forgive us of our sins and allow Him to come in your heart, you're not going to get your registration renewed. The Bible tells us we don't know the day or the hour. And you better believe that. That's gospel. That's not my word or Clarence's or Carolyn or whoever. The day or the hour, even the angels in heaven don't know, Ronnie. You know Jesus don't even know. He's that close to God. And he don't even know. So if he don't know, we surely don't know. Get right with Jesus. If you've not, get right with him. Get your, t- get your ticket updated. If you'll do that, I'll see you in heaven. Hopefully. I don't know how that plays out in heaven. The Bible didn't, didn't get into that too much. The only thing I know is we're going to have a glorified body and it's going to be heavenly. I don't even know what heavenly means. I've never felt heavenly. But we will. But we will.